1: Thank you, JJ, for that introduction. And I also want to thank all my listeners from all over the world. You are what makes this show great. They are from the United States and Canada, the United Kingdom, Norway, Germany, India, Israel, Australia, France, and many other countries. I really appreciate each one of you, and when you leave your comments and reviews, it really means a great deal to me, and I will respond personally, and it also means the show's success. So thank you again, every listener from anywhere and everywhere in the world. Today with me is Fernita Simmons. She is an author, and I'd like to call her a doer. Because even though she had to be on welfare as a single mom, she was able to obtain an AS degree in business administration and then got a job as a substitute teacher and was able to get off welfare. She is a freelance writer for LinkedIn Pulse, Community Christian Service Workers, and Faith Filled Magazine. To me, she has been one of my world's greatest encouragers, and you will be inspired by her words today as she shares her story. Welcome, Vernita.
2: Good afternoon, Carol. It's great to be here.
1: Now, let's start with, you made a statement in your bio that said, no one plans to be unemployed. And no one plans to try to live without a consistent means of income. Tell us what happened in your life. Tell us your story.
2: Okay. My story was, um, as you had mentioned, I had been a substitute teacher for, hmm, I believe it was um, 21 years. Actually, 17, because I did have my own business also as a uh, family daycare home provider. But um, I... Had had some personal issues with the head of HR, which resulted in me just losing my job. It was what I call as a um, act of abuse of power. And um, I had was promised. Matter of fact, I was hired full time as a paraprofessional because this is a position I had um, applied for several years. And I, on two different occasions, the head of special ed department had, um, the director had hired me. And the last time was in 2012, August of 2012, I was introduced to the new head of the director of special ed. And I went to her office. I was hired. She put my name on the list. And... S- um just a few days before school started couldn't find I, I didn't get called couldn't find out my name was mysteriously off the list hmm. and yes it was it was no longer in the list, and not only did my name was no longer on the list because that meant I went from being a preferred substitute teacher substitute teacher that had been get, getting long term assignments year after year after year to I they caught me, I believe it was the 12th of September. I, I had a I went in, did an assignment, and all of a sudden, nothing. I wasn't being called no more. So um that led me to going into getting on unemployment. My unemployment benefits ran out on just before the end of December of 2013. And though I have diligently tried to find a job, I moved here with my daughter. Her um, fiancé died from a massive heart attack. She oh, was my left goodness. With three, yes, left with three lo- young kids. And I, after, you know, trying so hard, trying to find a job and not finding anything. And I decided, well, let me, I might as well come, you know, let me move here to Florida, help her out. And I, since I've been here, I've gone on several different Interviews like in daycares and um whatnot. And I've had some good interviews but nothing landed as a job. How so, did you handle
1: uh, this emotionally going through this along with what happened to your daughter?
2: Okay, it was it was really tough, really tough. Matter of fact, because not only her death, but some other friends of mine's you know, also before the death, of her um fiance had died, dealing with unemployment, and I'm, I'll be honest. Once, one Sunday in church, and just enjoying praise and worship, but I just burst out and just cried. I, I just had, you know, I it had it, enough. Yes, yes, and I just, I, I just cried, sobbed. I, I, I literally just sobbed. But it it helped me. It helped me. Plus, I had my friends that my prayer warriors that would pray with me, that would talk with me, that would get me help me get through it. So that that that's that's an important part, too, when you're going through something like this, when you have someone that can support you, that can encourage you to pray. That's not for you, but pray with you. I mean, I had a friend of mine. She's the late sister Lorraine Edmunds Lorraine died of cancer about a year ago. And she would be on the phone and just pray me through and would help, you know, I was able to talk to her. But one thing I do thank God for my friends is that they don't let me to go like venting. Venting is okay, but when you just go on and on and on and <laughs> keep holding it and it venting becomes a year and five years, that's not venting. That's unforgiveness. And so bitterness they, turns yeah, into bitterness. And bitterness. So they did not let me go like that. They didn't let, you know, they helped me through it. And so even some friends and family, even financially, I didn't even ask and they just, some people, I didn't even tell them what I was going through. I didn't tell people that uh, uh, some of them that my unemployment had ran out, but they just felt in their heart. They would take me grocery shopping. They would just give me money. And my church was such a blessing when I, before I moved here, they uh, raised funds. And I mean, I I think they raised over $400 for me to get, you know, be able to help me get here to uh, Florida. So it was a blessing in that way. I mean, people just poured out the love of God on me. I just saw it and I praise God for it.
1: So how did you um eventually get a job then?
2: Well, I began writing for community Christian service because they had posted I had joined the uh, what is it the the bloggers editors author on LinkedIn their that um group. And I would go on every now and then just to see what's on it. And I saw an advertisement first from Community Christian Burgers, then from Faithfield Family, and I began to write for both. Now, Faithfield Family has, as of April this year, they had an advertisement for an interview manager. And I applied for it, and I got the job. Now, Financially, they are not able to pay, but they're able to i can advertise like my book once once it does come out, I can advertise my book and they reach over hundred and fifty thousand people okay. so yeah that,
1: that's that's yes. a good uh good way to uh to start anyway right and then when you're right back. right so tell us about your book
2: okay it is. From writing on LinkedIn, I met a friend of mine's named Lisa, and she would just comment. So her comments would just touch me. They would just minister to me. And, she, and one of her comments, she suggested that I take my messages and create my, because at this point I had a um, website, and name it catching the Spirit of His Word with Vernita inspirational readings for the heart, mind, soul, and mind. And so, I I just began from that. I just started gathering all my, me- like, articles I had written, because this is something the Lord had put in my spirit long ago, because I had started, you know, teaching, and I would save my messages. So, I gathered them up, and I just compiled them into a book. I started, you know, ri- writing, and um. At first, I knew I couldn't go through a had the money because I called different publishing companies and I just didn't have the finances for it. So I was going to use a printing company and I had a matter of fact, I had a copy made up and we was about to make up 10 more copies. And I was going to just start with those. And lo and behold, after I got on Facebook, after my daughter had kept urging me to get on it, I was reconnected with my friend Lynn. And Lynn had told me about this guy. His name is Edward. And now, I mean, she just took it and uh, ran with it. She put me in contact with him. Lynn and I set up, you ever heard of, what is it called? Team Viewer. So we've been communicating back and forth on Team Viewer. And my book now is, as a matter of fact, Within the last month, this all started June the 25th when her and I began to talk and I was telling her everything what I had done to try to get my book published. So as of um, now, it is in the hands of the publisher, Edward, and I hope for believe that within the next couple of days, it will be up on sale at Amazon and other distributions.
1: And who would benefit from reading your book?
2: Okay, um, my book would benefit women that have maybe been hurt from an abusive relationship or marriage, men, you know, men that been hurt, but people mainly, I'm talking to people that have like a low self-esteem, you've been depressed, or you've been told that you, you're nobody, just negative, and you just been discouraged, and you feel like nothing's going to change, so this book tells about even like how to get rid of unforgiveness, how to be set free. The articles, different articles, it just talks about how to see yourself as God see you, that you have potential. The, don't um, become so complacent that it makes you immobile and you just get stuck in a rut and you feel that you can't go nowhere, do nothing, because there's greatness in you. God placed, I believe God placed greatness in everyone. And sometimes we just need a little booster to help us to get that. If you, if I can't use this method that don't work, this is something I used to teach my students, then we will try an, another method like with me with teaching. If this method don't work, I'm gonna try another method so I can make sure I reach my children and make sure that they are learning and make fun learning. So this is what the, my message is to those that have been broken, Okay. That, uh, you know, that there, you can chart another route to accomplish your goals, what your dream is. Is it to be a dancer? Is it to be a writer? Is it to be a teacher? Is it to be even if you just desire just to be a, a mother? Just, you know, to marry and to mother and to take care of your family. And you you don't know uh, um, what direction to go. Uh, If you want to go to college, maybe, you know, you feel like you you can't afford it or whatever. If you got to go to the like I went to a community college and I kept it took me. It's a two year college, but it took me about three years to get my degree. I just kept going until I found my degree. don't give up. I I didn't go. I mean, I had to take a break in between. I had my daughter. My daughter was very young when I first started college. But I just kept pushing until I completed my task because my grandmother was like that. My grandmother was blind. But Carol, had you ever met her? You wouldn't have been able to tell that she was blind because she never let it get to her. She did not have a CNI doll. She did not wear shades. She was a strong woman of faith.
1: And that helped you, obviously. Yes,
2: it did. She raised me, my two sisters. She raised my cousin. She raised my aunt, who is now 80 something, because my Aunt Maiselle's mother died when she was a baby. So my grandmother raised her. So, yes.
1: Now, you did mention uh, when you were sh- talking just now that you um, can help women who have been abused. So were you abused? And if so, can you share with us about that, what you went through and how you got out of it and what you learned well, from it?
2: Well, I met this guy at church who I thought was a good man, and we began to date, fell in love. But and lo and behold, as time went by, I noticed that he had some serious Control issues, and he was very negative. And what his father taught him this is things that, as we you know, dated, and I he began to you know, he would talk to me or whatever. That if you got to argue with a woman 10 hours, you argue that was their way of wearing that woman down, so you can strip her of her self worth, her value to control her, to intimidate her. And although it was never profanity. And I tell people, you can abuse a, a woman without using profanity because you get the mean little words you can say to hurt someone, to crush their spirit. And eventually, I mean, we was engaged and it fell through. I, I called it off and he raped me. And we, we met one day to try to talk to see if we could um, work things out. And I, it ended in him raping me. And that Uh, I I kept that dark little secret. I mean, I told one of my friends and, you know, some of my close prayer warriors. And I eventually I just couldn't go to church anymore because I was just so hurt and torn inside emotionally. I was just torn asunder inside. So I uh, but in the meantime, I was still pondering because I knew I had to at least try to tell my pastors what had happened. And so eventually, this was some uh, weeks went by, I, I had already told my friend, another friend of mine, so one of my prayer warriors, and on the day that I decided I was going to tell the pastors what had happened, she told me, she said, she had warned me not to tell them because he had, they had an ordination service, they had ordained him as a minister, and he walked up with a Bernita a lookalike that he had married. So because she she knew that if I told it now, it's going to make it look like, oh, you're just doing this because he's married. He's rejected you. But in my spirit, I knew I had to tell him. So I did call and tell my pastors and um, the uh, co-pastor. She said at this point, there was nothing they could do because I had waited too long. So I told her, thank you. And I told her, but I wouldn't want to be back at church. So I, I left it at that. And what happened was that. Sometime later, she caught me and told her and her husband, they were the pastors, met with me at their house, told me they wanted to help me get through it. And they wanted to know what had happened, everything. And I'm thinking, you know, OK, they want to help me. That's fine. OK. Carol, they set me up and betrayed my trust. Aww. I didn't see it coming. Oh, I didn't see it coming. And they took the information I gave them, distorted it, and they told me they was going to present it to the board. I was fine with that, but I told him, I said, if you meet, I called him Haman because of the type of person he was, so I, I would call him Heyman to let me know because if, so in case he denied, I want to be there to face him. They presented the story to the board, very distorted version of the story, and then they met with him and his wife, told him what I had accused him of, and that just, that that crush, that made it, at this point, I was beginning to get a little stronger, but that just took it and crushed it and made, their betrayal was worse than what he had done. Really? It was just it, but I didn't let that stop me from going to, a, you know, I began to worship somewhere else, and that's what I would tell anybody, that even when you get wounded, hurt by someone in the church, don't blame God, don't stop going to church, don't get so angry, because it wasn't the church, church it was the leaders in him, the, the church didn't do it, I mean, the church didn't know until they met with the, um, you know, bo- the, the boy, and they were on the board of directors, okay, so that just really cursed, but the way I got through that, I began, I met a friend of mine that used to go to the church at Right. and She and I talked and I shared with her what happened. She said, you need help. I'm gonna get you help right now. She stopped, made a phone call, connected me with another minister. And the minister talked to me and, you know, just counseled me and prayed for me. And she said, you know what, you need to tell your story. You need to start sharing it. So I started going to church and I began to share it. And the women that began to come, up to me after I began to open up, like at women's conferences or different um, various functions with women, and they would come up to me and they were so grateful that I was able to share something that so horrible that I would share. And they began to share with the abuse that they had gone through. So that was something good that came out of that. And from that, I began to do praise and worship dancing and that really helped me to express just the the love and the for the lord so I, so all of that really helped me to really get through that and one thing though i never told my mother before she died my mother when i finally opened up and told my my aunt and some of my family members, which was months later. And my aunt told me, she said, my mom had told her there's something wrong with my daughter because we don't have that. Because my mom and I, we would talk at least once a week, you know, because she was in Georgia, I'm in New Jersey, but we would call and talk and be and just in Georgia the company. And my daughter noticed because I went, I also went into a state of depression. Mm-hmm. And what I would do at night, I would cry, but quiet softly so my daughter wouldn't hear me and she just thought i was i was going through um the uh, mood, uh, the, the change or something she noticed something different in me but she didn't know what it was so when i began to open up and share that took part in a great healing for me
1: well that's right we often uh, want to we, th- we think we feel we feel guilty for things that have happened to us, even though they were not our fault. And so we hold them in, and we just hurt ourselves more. But sharing will often, as you said, bring those people into our lives who have gone through similar experiences and either have an encouragement for us or they need your encouragement that they will get through it. So it works both ways. And yeah. this is what you are doing with your words of encouragement that you send out regularly on the Internet and just to encourage people that who have gone through, um, you know, a variety of circumstances in your life and of course abuse is is a huge problem among many women and to be able to know that there's somebody out there that is looking on the bright side of things instead of playing the victim or the martyr role and that's what you have done and that's right so i i i applaud you for that and for being a strong woman and for sharing your story is there anything else that you want to share about a time in your life, possibly, where um, you had to to tap into something, whether it's something that you had learned from the past experience or something that gave you um, a strength?
2: Oh, there are just so, so many great <laughs> things. Uh, you know, the death of my mom, the death of my mother. um Hers. I mean, that that just. My mother was diagnosed with cancer, and they had given her less than six months. And um, she, uh, when I got the news, it was in March on spring break. As a matter of fact, my sister said, called me, and they told me it was cancer. And so I took an emergency trip down, and by was she died? That she died in August by. So my my daughter was pregnant with her first daughter, and I had went, I came to Georgia, and I uh, went to just spend those last days with mom, and I remember, and my daughter is coming, you know, had had the baby, so I went to go visit her, and I said, I told my mom, I said, now, nah, don't you go nowhere, I'm coming back, and I love you, and a week later, while I was in Florida, I got the news, mom had, had died, and 24 hours after her death, her sister that lived right up the street when they told her 24 hours later, they went to check on her. She had died. So we had a double funeral. And when I when I when I first went to see her at the funeral hall and we went to the wake, I uh, that's I, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at her and we we'll are saying, oh, look at her. And next thing I knew, I had to left cross her cast, and I sobbed like a baby. I told my cousin, I just want my mommy back. And I just want my, I said, Lord, take me, take anybody. I just want my mommy back. I just, you know, felt vulnerable and hurt because we were close. My mom and I, even my grandmother, even when she died with my, something about losing the, the death of your mother, it just hurt, just hurt my heart so bad. And it took me I grieved for her. And I even now nah, I still miss her. And when I when I would hear like a uh, 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 certain like a sad song or something, or when someone else would die, that maybe a friend I knew or someone that had someone definitely family, I just couldn't go to the friendly because the see them laying there took me back to seeing my mom lie in the casting. And I, it took me, uh, I would say well over a year really to basically grieve her death. So, I mean, that was, uh, it was tough seeing because um, her, uh, the stage cancer, she was uh, in her left breast. It was gone. And even for her to have lived as long as they did, because come to find out that that, that she had had it five five years and kept it from us. She didn't, she didn't know it was cancer. She didn't know it was cancer. And when she would go to the doctor, she wouldn't let the doctors because my mother was born back in the 1920s. So there's just some errors of her body. She did not let the doctors, you know. Right. So, yeah. So um. but she I looked at her during that time. And I had prayed for my mother. I wanted to, you know, to get saved and everything. And I saw such a tremendous change in her life. We would sit around and just sing the songs of Zion. And my brother watched her die. And she lifted her hand. My, They told me she lifted her hands up. And I believe she saw the portals of heaven open. And because her attitude was so, she didn't suffer. Like I hear a, a lot of people with um, cancer, she wasn't on like, uh she had some medicine, but she wasn't on like a whole lot of medication and radiation and all that kind of stuff. So her last couple of weeks, she would have some pain, but not like that horrific pain that I've heard from other cancer people. And God gave me this beautiful tri- tribute to write to my mom and I read it at her funeral I was able at first, my family wasn't going to let me read it because they didn't think I could get through it. And I got kind of offended. I was about to cry and fuss them out, but they let me do it. And I, I, I was able through the tears, I was able to read her special tribute that we gave, gave her. And, you know, just to lose her and my own at the same time. But the funeral, it was a beautiful going home service for the both of them. But just to lose them within 24 hours, you know, apart. Two sisters that's and my right. that's right, yes. And my their only sister that was left, she didn't, I mean, she lost two sisters, we lost a mother and an aunt. And for her, my heart went out to her too because she lost two sisters. So, but God, God brought us through it, He brought us through it,
1: and that's where you get your strength,
2: yes, yes, yes.
1: So, what is the name of your book again, Vernita?
2: Catherine. The Spirit of God's Word with Vernita, okay.
1: inspirational
2: readings for the heart, mind, and soul.
1: Okay, what I will do is um, we will put the you know the links to your Amazon, etc., and to your website if you have. Do you have a website, Vernita?
2: I have a website. Okay.
1: All right. Well, those links will all go up on your post, and people will be able to contact you, and also they will have an opportunity to take a look at your book and your inspirational readings, and I'm sure that you will bring encouragement and inspiration to anyone and everyone just as you have daily done that to me and I really appreciate that you're always giving me a a keep smiling heads up kind of an encouraging word and that is definitely your mission in life and it has been a pleasure having you share with us today and I will look forward to hearing more of what is happening in your life and that you will have great success in everything that you set your hand to do.
2: Well, thank you so much, Carol, for having me. It's been a pleasure, and I love your show. And even the interviews—they're so uplifting, and they just really ministers to me. And I, I like your motto: "Never give up hope." Right? Never, That's ever. Right. That's right. We <laughs> mustn't give up. We gotta just know that this, you can't go by your circumstances because they will lie to you. That's you can't right. Can't go by emotions; they are irrational. But I tell people, trust God no matter what. And like you said, never, ever give up hope. Never.
1: That's sometimes all we have to hold on to, isn't it? That's
2: right. That's right. That's it.
1: Okay. Well, thank you again, Vernita. And we will look forward to hearing more good things.
2: Thank you. And God bless you. And you too. Goodbye. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Never Never Give Up Hope, featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always Oh